0: if one is not to farm at a loss, one must employ surf labor, or hired laborers, which is almost the same thing, or put it on a peasant footing, that is, work the fields oneself and with one's family. There is no middle path, but in those days I did not go into such subtleties. I did not leave a clod of earth unturned. I gathered together all the peasants, men and women, from the neighboring villages. The work went on at a tremendous pace. I myself ploughed and sowed and reaped and was bored doing it and frowned with disgust like a village cat driven by hunger to eat cucumbers in the kitchen garden. My body ached and I slept as I walked. At first, it seemed to me that I could easily reconcile this life of toil with my cultured habits. To do so, I thought, all that is necessary is to maintain a certain external order in life. I established myself upstairs here, in the best rooms, and ordered them to bring me their coffee and liquor after lunch and dinner, and when I went to bed— I read every night the Iesnik Iropi, but one day our priest, Father Ivan, came and drank up all my liquor at one sitting, and the Iesnik Iropi went to the priest's daughters, as in the summer, especially at the haymaking. I did not succeed in getting to my bed at all, and slept in the sledge in the barn, or somewhere in the forester's lodge. What chance was there of reading? Little by little I moved downstairs, began dining in the servants' kitchen, and of my former luxury nothing is left but the servants who were in my father's service, and whom it would be painful to turn away. In the first years I was elected here an honorary justice of the peace. I used to have to go to the town and take part in the sessions of the Congress and of the circuit court, and this was a pleasant change for me. When you live here for two or three months, without a break, especially in the winter, you begin at last to pine for a black coat, and in the circuit court there were frock coats and uniforms, and dress coats too, all lawyers, men who have received a general education, I had someone to talk to. After sleeping in the sledge and dining in the kitchen, to sit in an armchair in clean linen, in thin boots, with a chain on one's waistcoat is such a luxury. I received a warm welcome in the town. I made friends eagerly, and of all my acquaintanceships, the most intimate, and to tell the truth, the most agreeable to me was my acquaintance with Luganovich, the vice-president of the circuit court. You both know him, a most charming personality. It all happened just after a celebrated case of incendiarism. The preliminary investigation lasted two days. We were exhausted. Luganovich looked at me and said, Look here, come round to dinner with me. This was unexpected, as I knew Luganovich very little, only officially, and I had never been to his house. I only just went to my hotel room to change and went off to dinner. And here it was my lot to meet Anna Alexeyevna, Luganovich's wife. At that time she was still very young, Not more than twenty-two, and her first baby had been born just six months before. It is all a thing of the past, and now I should find it difficult to define what there was so exceptional in her, what it was in her attracted me so much. At the time, at dinner, it was all perfectly clear to me, I saw a lovely, young, good, Intelligent, fascinating woman, such as I had never met before, and I felt her at once someone close and already familiar, as though that face, those cordial, intelligent eyes, I had seen somewhere in my childhood, in the album which lay on my mother's chest of drawers. Four Jews were charged with being incendiaries, were regarded as a gang of robbers, and to my mind quite groundlessly. At dinner, I was very much excited. I was